Well, hello and welcome aboard a Comedy Advice Podcast. This is your pilot, Stefan, speaking. Just wanted to remind you to keep all hands, arms, legs inside your vehicle. The reason I say that is because sometimes things can get so hilarious that you might be flapping about and don't do it. Stay calm, stay seated, stay buckled up. It's the law. I got really stern at the end there. Hey, guys, it's Stefan. I know that you can choose many other podcasts, but I wanted to thank you for choosing a comedy advice podcast. Isn't that a little desperate of airlines to say? Do you think? We know that you can. You have multiple options when you choose, but thank you for choosing American. I don't know if I said that to a girlfriend. I know you have multiple choices when you fuck. Thank you for choosing Stefan. They might, that's just presenting the idea for them to fornicate with others. It's opening it up. You're giving them a scintilla of a fantasy. So, hello, the good morning or good day to all of you. Good night. I am so excited. That's why I'm rambling. And I'm excited because I have a very special episode for you with my guest, Nina G. She's a comedian. She is a person who stutters. She's a speaker. She is an author. This per- Nina is so freaking smart, and I was so happy to get her on my podcast. She is just such a warm, loving, smart, funny person. Oh my God, so many adjectives <laughs> rolled into one. And this big ball of entertainment is going to be... Hmm, maybe I shouldn't refer to my guest as a big ball of entertainment. She's an absolutely incredible person, and so I get to talk with her a little bit about people who stutter, stuttering education, her book, which is fantastic, Stutterer Interrupted. So then we get into some advice. It is just an awesome episode, and you guys are going to enjoy it. If you like what you hear, please support her. Follow her on Instagram, buy her book, Stutterer Interrupted, and follow her. Support her. No, not creepily. You know, you get the gist. It's about 200 episodes in, so you understand. But show her some love. Show me some love because I don't want to feel left out. Slide. Slip and slide right into my DMs. Make sure that you're all wet first. And then go on in there. Say, hey, Steph, good job. Loved what you did on that episode. Or you can be like, hey, Steph, hate you. Stop what you're doing. That's my fuel. I love all of it. And just the fact that you are remembering me and enough to say good job or I hate you, I love it. So do that. If you haven't yet, please subscribe wherever you're listening and please leave a review. Oh my gosh, we're in the charts for top podcasts ever. Top podcast ever. What charts are you asking? Mine. But in the Apple podcast charts, I am in the top comedy improv podcasts been climbing steadily over there it's harder than everest sometimes i lose my oxygen supply it gets really chilly towards the top too but i am going to go the distance and if you guys could help me come along with me grab your camel bags and your your camel packs i think is what i'm trying to say because you will need to stay hydrated your walking sticks and just some good old banter I want some jokes if you're going to keep me company. So stay on, come with me along for this ride. I love you guys. You're amazing. And I can't tell you how much love I've received and how happy it makes me feel. So thank you guys. I'm glad that I'm entertaining you. You are giving me love. It's like we're in a nice, 
relationship. There's some give and take, give, take. So this is great. So that being said, I am going to time warp backwards, and you guys are going to hear past Stefan. That's me jumping in the past. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for Stefan and friends to make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Stefan? A comedy advice podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Comedy Advice Podcast. My name is Stefan Satani, and I'm your host. Joining me today, very special guest, very, very, very special guest. I feel like I use special so much, and I say that I use special so much. So I'm going to use another word. I almost said scandalous guest. No, sensational. She's a speaker, author, disability advocate, and comedian. Everybody welcome Nina G. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've been doing so, so so much Zoom comedy that I never get applause. So I feel like this is this could be 500 people or this could be just you. It's all oh. the same right now. It's <laughs> it's even better in post. I'm going to put like a stadium's worth of applause in there. So it's going to be beautiful. Oh, it'll, perfect. I wish <laughs> I always had that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, first off, before we get into the meat of it. I wanted to ask, how are you doing? It's been a bit of a rough year, so I wanted to just check in. You doing okay? Yes, I'm doing just fine. I have not gotten COVID. No no one I know has gotten COVID. I have some relatives who question if it actually exists. Um, so, that, so that's always fun. That's always fun to see a relative burn a mask uh on facebook but other than that it's cool i'm here a lot (laughs) oh my gosh i haven't seen any mask burning yet amongst my family circles in facebook there are some non-believers so there's that but um i'm glad to hear that you're doing well your family's doing well and um you know believe or not believe that's great everyone's staying safe well being safe so that's good. Being, they are safe. I don't know being safe. They are safe. So there you go. <laughs> yes, that's true. So I barely know where to start with you because you are such an interesting person doing my research. I feel like I learned more than I've learned with a lot of guests that I've had on. So I guess maybe I've had very boring guests, but no, <laughs> you are extra interesting. I wanted to first talk about stuttering, stuttering education. You are a person who stutters and, um, you wrote two books, the children's book and um, Stutterer Interrupted, which, oh, about to show right now. Yes, that can be the screenshot that I can share on Instagram. That's perfect. Oh, that's... <laughs> I First off, I will apologize in advance. I might ask dumb questions or say dumb things, so I yeah, apologize that for that. Happens. Everyone always <laughs> asks really smart questions. <laughs> everything about this but i did i did learn a lot but let me ask what causes stuttering well right now it is thought to be caused by a difference in the brain and genetics um a lot of people who stutter oftentimes have a relative who stutters i have two first cousins on my dad's side who stutters and i had Mm -hmm. A great 
a, a great great uncle who stuttered on my mom's side. And in fact, my grandmother, you, you, you're Italian, right? I am, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, Italians always have like n- nicknames, especially when they're all named John. Like, every, like you need to know which John. Um, and so my grandma, it's my great grandmother's name was Maria, which kind of hard to say when you stutter. And her brother instead would call her Lil's sister. So her nickname became Lil out of his stuttering name for her. So that's nice. It is, yeah. Usually in my family, we get the nicknames based off of very bad aesthetic features like Big Nose Tony or like Long Hair Steph or what have you. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, this was a very nice one. It was on a woman, although some of the other ones weren't as nice as, uh, as, as, as this one. So there you uh, go. And so... It seems that there is a genetic component and then there is a difference in the brain on the left side. Um, and the left side, for those of you who took like a psychology class in college or in high school, the left side is the language part of the brain. There is a section there called Broca's area, which is the expressive part of the brain. And it is thought right now, it could change in a week, who knows, the brain science changes all the time. But there is a difference in the brain right next door to Broca's area where there is the muscles for speech. Mm-hmm. And we have an oversensitivity. Now, when we sing, like you take someone like Mel Tillis or Bill Withers, who were people who stuttered, who were also singers, they could sing fluently different part of the brain interesting and then i also i was watching one of the youtube videos that you had put out on your channel saying that if you do different voices and things like that that you can also um not stutter i, I think you were mentioning that marilyn monroe had actually marilyn Monroe. that's why she talked like this because if you talk like this, you can trick your brain into stuttering or into not stuttering. <laughs> and and I did that once to a guy that I was to, talking to, to uh-huh. explain all this, to educate him. And he yeah. said, that's very sexy. Maybe you should talk like that all the time. And I was like, no, that's cool. I think that I'd rather st- st- stutter. Oh, my empowering God. Stuff, empowering, empowering advice to a woman. Oh my God. That is, that's crazy. And and I was also going to ask how many people in the world are people that stutter? Uh, There are different surveys, but usually it's about 1% of the adult population and three to 4% of the kid population. So sometimes kids grow out of it and sometimes they don't. Um, you're more likely to grow out of it for like certain things and not other things. So there's a bunch of factors that go into that. Uh, I mean, so many of us have had intervention for speech when we were kids and we still grow up to st- stutter. So the intervention to me that helps the most is how to disclose, how to talk freely, 
how to tell the listener very nicely to shut the fuck up. Like those to <laughs> me are some of the best interventions. <laughs> That's awesome. And I know you talked a little bit about intervention or um, I, and in your book and on uh, a couple of videos in YouTube, you had mentioned Elaine, who was your vocal therapist. Is that she the right term? She was my speech, speech, speech vocal. therapist. Okay. Vocal okay. would be more if you sing or something like that, but I can't sing. So <laughs> not even close. <laughs> and, and she was your first and last and best speech therapist. And I was going to ask a little bit about that. And when was it that you or your parents, if you were very young, found out that you had, you were stuttering or, or, um, there was just something different? Yeah. So I had articulation issues when I was a kid, um, or like a little, little kid. So when I was two and Mm -hmm. a half, when I would ask for chicken from my mom, I would chirp and for cheese, I do. And my parents like, I, I don't think that's a normal thing. I don't know. Like maybe <laughs> chirping isn't normal. And so they very astutely brought me to a doctor who referred them to Oakland Children's Hospital. And that's where I met uh, Elaine. And so Elaine was very special because I met her there. She helped me with the articulation issues. I eventually went to kindergarten where I got speech therapy in school. And so I stopped seeing Elaine and then I caught back and then I caught back up with her when I was 11 and started speech then with her. But in between I had some, 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 some therapists, some really great and some eh, not not so great, but I started to stutter when I was seven or eight, um, and uh, and that was about the same time that I was also diagnosed with dyslexia. So the articulations that I see articulation issues that I have very early were actually more the dyslexia and and stuttering, which a lot of women who stutter oftentimes have have dyslexic like things go- going on in their head because dyslexia is back here in the left side of the brain and stuttering is here toward the front and dyslexia is in the back and, and stuttering is on the front. Mm. Um, so probably I just, you know, whatever caused one cause the other or, you know, whatever, just mm-hmm. genes that give me a brain that is, is, is a different c- kind of brain. And then I was also going to ask, um, fortunately you were talking about, there were some people in your family that stuttered. And then in your book, I know you were writing about how four generations of hearing problems on your dad's side as well. So it seemed like at least one of the advantages was your, your parents and throughout your book, you were saying that through the challenges of school and sometimes schools saying, Oh, she's not going to learn. Your parents were like, that's bullshit. She absolutely is. She's smart. She can do this. And I, I even remember reading about how your mom reached out to Berkeley and were like, what do you guys provide for? um children with or, or sorry not children students with disabilities whatever and then showed that list to some of the schools you were going to yeah i i went to catholic school in the 1980s with all this mm-hmm. <laughs> like God. i always tell people you shouldn't pity someone who has 
a disability, but you can't pity me for going to Catholic school in the 1980s with these things because <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> God, Different. yeah. It's not fun there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, my, my brother, so I went to Catholic school and so did my, one of my brothers and he had Asperger's and nobody really knew that yet. And so doctors weren't really diagnosing him correctly. They thought he had bipolar and then the Catholic school raised chaos as well. But that's another episode, another time. No, this episode. No, but it, it's super common that like people... Catholic schools didn't think they needed to accommodate kids until kids started to leave because the church was molesting their kids. And then they're like, no, come back. Well, we, we will accommodate you now. It's okay. Um, so that, that's me. Like I, you know, like what I always, cause I will go into, to Catholic schools and sometimes do to, disability education and what I'll tell schools and I'm paraphrasing now but what I'll tell them is WWJD what would Jesus do for the disabled kids and I right. and I always say he would say give the kid a fucking accommodation I don't say the fucking part <laughs> that would, that's probably what Jesus would have said though he's like come on it yeah, I I could go off on a tangent here, but I totally agree with what you're saying. And it just shocks me that nothing against Catholic religion or whatever, but the schools, it seemed like were not very accommodating for a religion that seems like they should be very inclusive of everybody. But yes. I'm, I, let's, I, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, let's <laughs> love you, mom. Love you, dad. Going to church still or whatever. But <laughs> I was I was also going to. Yes, this is a perfect moment for the sign of the cross. Um, I was also going to ask because you also have a TED talk. You're a keynote speaker. You speak in lots of different places. And your TEDx talk was really cool about allies. And you mentioned a story that you also had in your book about how there was an eighth grader that tried to you were having trouble with pronouncing your name without stuttering and he was like oh can you say ninja then then you can say nina and it's like okay yeah um i've been looking but he was really cute so so and so he got a pass <laughs> but anytime anybody else does you're not gonna get a pass <laughs> I know, right? It's like trying to give advice to somebody, especially stuff like you've said that people have said of, oh, try taking deep breath, talking slower. It's like, uh, yeah, I've been on this earth for quite a while and I have thought of a lot of different things. So uh, yeah. that's not new. But anyway, being an ally is definitely important. Your family being great allies and um, the importance of having friends and even making it easier with dating at times with, with other people that stutter, how can people that hopefully are learning about this now in this podcast and want to be allies, how can we be better allies for people that, that are stuttering? Yeah, I really appreciate that question. I think like, I think there are two ways. It, when you're talking to us, just don't interrupt us. Um, and, um, and just have a conversation with us. If you do have questions or if you, if you, um, like, like once 
one of my friends, Roman, introduced me to a comedian friend and said, this is Nina. She is a comic who stutters and does a lot of j jokes about that. So it was his nice way of saying like, she's a comic, she's really good. And she also stutters, so shut the fuck up about it. Like it was like a, it was like a, it was like to warn them not to say any smart ass shit. And that is one of the things I really love about comedy is that um, in everyday life you get a microaggression at like three, and so and so you're like, uh, was that a shitty thing they said? Was it not? But in comedy, it's always a nine or a ten, and. You can respond that way too, which I love. Like I appreciate when people just come out and be jerks so then I can squ squash them. Um, and it's <laughs> so, and so Roman in that moment was, was an ally. Um, and, and, I, and then there's also the other way, like what's happening right now with the election. I don't know when this is going up, but we have the election in exactly one week. And Biden is a person who's kind of recovered from stuttering, still kind of stutters. He still does. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people misinterpret when he's trying to talk around a word um, that they think that it's Alzheimer's or they think it's dementia or they say all these things or he's not smart. He, like when you are a person who stutters, you're like, oh no, it's that. It, it is him trying to talk around the word. Um, and so I've seen a lot of my allies recently kind of shut down very derogatory conversations with the people that they talk to when, he, when they start on like, oh, he's so demented and old. And then they're like, no, that's actually a stutter. And if you knew about stuttering and blah 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 and so that's been really nice to see and like i don't care who you vote for i kind of do but really i don't <laughs> care who, who you vote for um but like there's so many things to talk about politicians that like leave the st stuttering out of it because you're like a lot of people in trump's campaign are like making fun of the stutter and like just the repercussions of that on kids and on adults and on adults trying to find jobs and just like all of that is the part that um is concerning to me is the social impact mm -hmm. yeah that is extremely uh, important i feel too i know that you talked about it a little bit in your book as well as when if you would get made fun of and you'd go home and then you'd watch tv and then there aren't really that many protagonists that stutter. And then the people that were on shows that stuttered, there was something goofy about them or they, they definitely weren't the protagonist. So or they died. They always die. I don't know why they either like killed somebody like in, in my favorite <sighs> film. Um, uh, um, Oh, what is it? Ch change of habit. Ha have you seen Ch change of habit? No, I haven't. Oh. Oh, it's so great. Elvis is the white savior doctor in the ghetto. And he just like saves everybody. And, and Mary Tyler Moore is a speech the therapist who goes to work with him, but she's a nun, but she's an undercover nun. And so- This sounds brilliant. 
It's so brilliant. And then there's a stuttering young man who wants to kill her and rape her. Um, and, she, and he holds up a knife and says, this knife makes me feel powerful. And then at the end, attempts to rape her. Um, so oh. like, th those are the images. And even though that's my favorite Elvis film, also in that same film, Elvis cures a young girl of autism by hugging her. It is just a bouillabaisse of shitty interventions and misinformation. The blessed word of Elvis. That is uh, very, very interesting. I'll have to check out that movie now. Understanding there's a lot of uh, fake news in that movie. But, wow. So, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, lots of... I, I think it is important, like you were saying, to see the importance of that like with joe biden and and um have more of that be more inclusive um i was gonna ask i totally glossed over i was gonna ask about your comedy too you talked a little bit about it having microaggressions and being able to um you know shit on people that are coming into the comedy store or comedy shows that are hecklers or whatnot but how did you get into comedy and what was there like, a, was there, a, I'm sure there was a lot of contemplation, um, but how did you dive into it? Well, I wanted, like, I, I, I actually have been a comedy fan longer than I've been, a, been a per person who st stutters. Cause when I was four years old, when I was five years old, I was introduced to Steve Martin. Cause that was like 1978 when he had like the arrow through his head and like, wild and crazy guy stuff and like when I was seven I had a little uh, a little stuffed animal pig that I named G G Gilda R Ratner because I, I would stay up late and I'd watch Saturday Night Live and nice. so the love of comedy was always 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 there and like my first crushes were on stand-up comics who I would eventually meet um, and so for me, when I was like 11 or 12, I wanted to be a comic. I would have, I would like write my the material down. It sucked. It was awful. I still have my set. It's my notes from, from that time. And the jokes are awful. Um, and then I would call up open mics. The whole thing never got up on stage. Never, ever, ever. Because when, when I was about 17, uh, I was like, um, I, I, I stutter and I've never seen anyone like me do stand-up comedy. And so it's not possible and my fluency is not improving. So I guess I have to go do something else. And so I didn't pick that back up until after... I attended a conference when I was 35 and at the conference, I realized how much space I had relinquished. Uh, I, I had relinquished to other people in, in my own conversations. And that's why my book is called stutter interrupted because we don't only get interrupted, but for me, I was interrupting myself by not putting myself into conversations. Cause I felt guilt about having the other person sit through my stutter. And when I came back from that conference, I started to make changes in my life. And six months after that, 
I started stand-up comedy and I've been doing it now for 11 years in March. Congratulations. 11 years. I haven't done anything for 11 years straight. I mean, even my <laughs> wife. We've only we've only been married you for done your wife for Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah I've only, we've only been doing each other for 9 years. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that that is incredible. And so what was the first time, like when you first went up to the open mic, how did you feel? Yeah, I, I, okay, I was taking a class at, at the San Francisco Comedy College and yeah. they had an open mic. And nice. when I, you know, I like your, you know, first time is like three minutes and I know that like people are always so like oh my god I need a half hour before I go on stage I need to it's like no you need three minutes just three minutes of period jokes three minutes of dick jokes (laughs) it's your first it's your first year it's all gonna be penis and period and you know all of that so just you know just yeah okay just say all the stuff that 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 you think's cutting edge and and get it out of the way (laughs) you can go and develop your voice (laughs) oh my god it's so true it's (laughs) so true it's just flush out all the dick and flush out all the vagina jokes and then you'll get to the real real core and then what do you have and then and you tear all that apart and it's just you what is your voice um so and so for me um i i i had a joke uh well i have like mostly stuttering jokes because i also wanted to one of the reasons why i refound comedy was i I, I was a speaker at a fluency class at Cal State East Bay and mm. I was so high afterwards like I was just like it, and it was a high that like kept me going I was like okay why is this high there and it was because I made people laugh around this subject of st- stuttering and so I was like okay okay like, I thought it was well, the weed <laughs> yeah no no it wasn't even that <laughs> So, um, and so that's when I went on stage and like when people laughed at my stuttering jokes at first, I would ask them if they stuttered or if they knew anybody. And they're like, no, it's just funny. I was like, oh, oh, people don't have to have these things to relate to them. And so, um, that, that really kind of hooked me in even more. Oh, that's awesome. And from the comedy that I've seen online, I think you are hilarious. So if you ever come to Arizona, I would love to see you. And if I'm ever in the show there. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Well, we have a lot of mask burners here in Phoenix. So it's all open. If you want, if you dare to come here. (laughs) Maybe I'll Uh, wait six months. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the best decision. But if things clear up, you come here or I come to the San Francisco area, the Bay Area. Yeah, I'd love definitely. To see you perform. Today's episode is presented by State Bags. State Bags makes beautiful, well-made, inclusively cool products while using the power of business to give back to shift the narrative around social injustice. For every State Bag purchase, State Hand delivers a backpack packed with essential tools for success to an American child in need. But their commitment goes beyond simply a material donation. State Bags has your back, and part of that commitment is making a difference in local kids' lives. 
To get you ready for your commute or wherever you're traveling next, State is offering my listeners 15% off their next purchase at statebags.com using the code P-O-D. That's 15% off your next purchase using the code P-O-D at statebags.com. State Bags, they have your back. Nina, we're about to get into the advice, but Mm -hmm. before we do, one, this was an absolute pleasure so far. I'm having a great time. The appetizer was delish. Two, where can people find you? What have you got going on? Feel free to just lay out the plugs right here. Okay, awesome. Well, people can find me at ninagcomedian.com and they can find out more about my book there or at stutterinterrupted.com. And Stutter Interrupted is sold everywhere. Try to get it at your independent bookstore, but it's on Amazon too. Um, And also I have a CD that I rarely plug, but I should, and it's on Pandora and stuff like that. It's not a CD. It's a download, whatever. Um, It's called Disabled Comedy Only, and it's my comedy troupe, the Comedians with Disabilities Act, and there's it's the first compilation album ever of disabled comics only. I was going to ask about that. So before we bring the entree, we forgot one appetizer here. Wanted to ask about the, the that comedy troupe because I know that you've had that. You had that CD out. When did you, because you started that too, correct? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. It was my friend Michael uh, uh, O'Connell and, and may okay. he rest in peace. I, I dedicated my book to him. He started it. Yes. Another cross, although he was Adventist and they don't do that, but backwards. Oh no. I hope I, I hope I didn't summon the devil. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) So all the issues around Catholicism. (laughs) (laughs) And so Michael was 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 extremely special to me because he helped me to develop that voice because we were doing all disabled shows and it, and it allowed for that story to be told in that way and yeah. to invite people in as like you're going to hear disabled comedy and activism with, with, with within that. So I'm very thankful to him. And it, the group's changed and, and taken many forms. And, and lately I mostly perform with Michael Beers, who is in Missoula, Montana, who mm-hmm. has a, a physical d- disability in Mean Dave, who is one of my b- best friends. He is in recovery. And a lot of people don't know that you could be in recovery from drugs and alcohol and still be covered under the ADA. So I love that he's able to educate people around their rights or around the inclusion of people in recovery in the civil rights movement there. Oh, that's so cool. That's really cool. I actually just, I just had, I don't know if you know Josh Blue. Oh, yeah. I I just had him on the podcast too. He was was great. uh, Yeah. And I... Dove into the research, so I learned so much about him and cerebral palsy, and mm-hmm. my which my sister has as well. So um, it was very cool to see. But okay, glad glad we took that appetizer. We'll take that off the tray, that off the plate now. And uh, now it's time for the entree, the advice. So 
We're going to dive into it. Sorry, Dad, I can't talk right now. He heard me. He heard me do the the backwards sign of the cross. So, Dad, and it called him. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh God. <clears throat> but anyway, we're going to get into the self help portion of the podcast. We're going to answer some questions. But before we do, we're going to get inspired with an inspirational quote. Now, I've got mm-hmm. one. But okay. before I give mine, I like to ask my guests if they have any inspirational quotes that help get them through their dark days. Okay. I think it, it, it is not a quote, but it is something that has inspired me. Okay. Ice, Ice-T, before he signed, well, when he signed a contract for his rap album, he didn't know how to rap. <laughs> and he was like yeah i could do that i could rap i could do that and um and and he knew he could and he got on the ball and he did it but but he wasn't but 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 he wasn't sure he could but he believed in it and when i started my one person show someone called up and was like oh could you do an hour and I was like, well, you know, I don't really have an hour of comedy, but I do have a one person show that I could do in six months. And then I developed it within the six months and then got up on stage in Florida and, and I did it there. That to me was a very inspirational story. So that's mine. Oh, wow. That's the first IT, ice tea reference of inspiration on this show yet, but that's unique and beautiful and it is inspiring i didn't know that he didn't know how to rap before well after he got signed (laughs) that's amazing yeah that's amazing an inspiration to us all at first i thought you were talking about the beverage and i was like it is very brisk it's delicious (laughs) so okay i'm more of a coffee guy but iced tea is good to some so that's great good all right well i feel inspired I have a quote. It's an inspirational quote. It's actually not by a person at all. It's by a robot. And it's called Inspirobot. And mm-hmm. what its main purpose in life is, is to take use AI and take the wisest words known to man and then just mash them together for a really inspirational AI-generated quote. Okay. So lay, lay it on me. All right. It will be laid. And then we will try to figure it out. It says... your mom is a vampire that's right a vampire it's true that's it that's it that's all and that's inspirational (laughs) they're like they just called your mom a blood-sucking whatever like (laughs) i know energy vampire i mean which my uh, my My mom is not, but my grandmother on her side was. So (laughs) that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's validating quote that way. Yeah, maybe I accidentally plucked this quote from Inspirebot's brother, Insultobot. So that may be the case. But I'm thinking maybe since robots they aren't very good on the tact, maybe there's some inspiration on here. It's like your mom is a vampire. She stays up all night to cook for you, to think about what you're doing and and prepare your lunch and think about how she can make your day better. Maybe sucking blood off others so that she can stay in her prime mom shape. 
And uh, so maybe that's what Inspire About means. Maybe this was Chelsea Clinton. Maybe this was for Chelsea Clinton. Because they all think that her mom sucks the blood of the babies. So not that anybody in my family thinks that. Not saying that. That's, yes. That'll be the promo clip. Chelsea Clinton's mom (laughs) sucks the blood of babies. Just kidding. All right. Well, either way, I feel like we're inspired now, so we can move on. We can move on to the questions. This first one, it's from Reddit. It's found by our fan Sam. Thank you, Sam. It says, <clears throat> "Advice for a new archaeologist." I'm so sorry if this is way too specific. I just had an interview with a commercial archaeology unit for a job post, and it went very well. I'm very excited and hopeful that I'll be offered the job in the next few days, but the imposter syndrome is starting to creep in, and I'm worried that I don't have enough experience, and I'll look like an idiot on site. I'm fresh out of university, so I don't really remember much of the excavation techniques, as it was mostly theory-based. I'm not sure if they'll expect me to know what I'm doing straight away, or if they'll expect me to train me up a bit first. I also don't want to be a huge disappointment or get fired. I'll I'll have to relocate for this position. Help. Ooh. So I, I mean, I, I'm sorry that I already, like I shot my load on the, on the, on the iced tea thing, because the iced tea thing is totally this, like, this is exactly what iced tea was talking about is that, you you the imposters the syndrome thing you have to know and like believe me i have my doctorate and i have dyslexia and i was in special ed imposter syndrome is my middle name so like like you just have to know that it's there everybody thinks if the only people who act like they don't have imposter syndrome are great big assholes who are overcompensating for their imposter syndrome so just like iced tea you just fake it until you get there and know know that you'll be good by the time you get there that's right that's right I feel like there needs to be a fake it till you make it, but iced tea style. It's like uh, just nice it till you ice it or something. That that sounds there like something like that. Yeah, it sounds almost like a sports injury. But we'll keep workshopping it through the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I felt the same way as I was reading it. I almost got distracted because my mind was hearing iced tea, iced tea, iced tea. And so just like you said, Nina, I feel like imposter syndrome is very real. We have to accept it. I get terrified before every episode of the podcast because I think, what the hell am I doing? I'm not a podcast host. I'm a piece of garbage. But you know what? Whoever this was that asked the question, you're the reality of life is there's going to be this excruciating doubt almost paralyzes you, almost paralyzes you. It can paralyze you. But... If you thaw it out with some tea, some hot tea, it'll give you some iced tea. Iced tea. Iced tea. We want iced tea. Shit. That's right. <laughs> Shit. All right. Okay. Instead of thawing, instead of overheating, pour some iced tea and then you'll be ripping and roaring and ready to go. Mm-hmm. So. And also, I just want to add there that every time that I get up on stage, almost every time, some shows not, not 
not as much, but a lot of shows I will say to myself, like, I don't belong here. Why am I here? I'm not a real comic. And 11 years in comedy, I've gotten paid thousands and thousands of dollars. I still get that. And it's, it's that imposter syndrome thing. And it's just there. You just like, boop, it's right there. It's right there on the side. And sometimes like you can even like put it above your head in a, in a bubble and just like store it there until after the interview or after the, it's a thing that you have to do. And then you just pop it at the end and deal with it and cry in the car on the way home. (laughs) I like to do, I have a tattoo. It says you are an imposter, but then to conquer it, I did a little carrot and said not. So it says you are not an imposter. So that shows the overcoming of impulsive decisions and conquering imposter syndrome. So that's good. I think think of your chest, the it's the next time that I'm please, please. (laughs) And I hope the audience does too. Think of think of my chest. (laughs) Also, I was gonna say you can imposter syndrome is very real. There are ways to deal with it. And there are also ways that you can prepare for being an archaeologist, a professional. I'm going to go on a limb here and say, oh, God. Well, first, you need to do some digging. But metaphorically and figuratively, I just had to get that one out there. And go to YouTube. I'm sure YouTube has many, many how-tos for, like, how to do a professional excavation. And then if you've got a backyard, if you've got a litter box for your cats... Whatever you've got, work with it. Do a little digging, some brushing, cleaning, zoning off. Find out what you got to do and do some little practice. Mo- That's like your open mic. Your cat's litter box is your open yeah. mic. Oh, you're right. You're so right. It is the sandbox for the thing that, that, that they have to do. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love this. All right. Well, archaeologists, anything else nina for this archaeologist to be i don't think i have anything no i think i I think we covered it i think so too i'm still trying to think of like best of luck to that archaeologist yes don't hate excavate i don't know why i've oh yeah sorry moving on that's that's not bad that's not bad All right, we've got our last question. This was brought in by our fan, Margo. Says, how do I avoid feeling so sleepy all the time? I'm the kind of person who roughly needs eight hours a day. But recently, I'm in a cycle where I get sleepy in the middle of the day and sometimes fall into naps that last for three or four hours. I end up sleeping half the day. And sometimes, even if I try to power through the sleepiness, I feel super tired and unable to focus on the task at hand. I don't exercise enough, and for my job, I tend to stay up late. What can I do to feel less sleepy? Get more sleep. 
that that would be the logical thing right there. But I think I think first of all, always go see a doctor. Never ask a stand-up comic for advice. Always <laughs> see the doctor instead. I, I think that might be the first mistake here. Um, and so, I'll, and then I would say, then I would say after that to maybe like I I love naps. I'll take two naps a day, but they're like ten-minute naps. And so maybe try to shorten the naps so that you can elongate the night's sleep. That's a good idea. And it, it makes me think of some, okay, well, first, let's double down on what you said, Nina, of seek professional counsel and advice from a doctor. But moving over to our <laughs> advice, there I was reading a book about REM cycles and then the amount of time it takes for you to go in and out of REM cycles. And so there are some pretty complicating sleep patterns. But the 10-minute naps is a good idea where if you take these short naps, it can get you in and out of REM real quick. And then if you take long naps... It, you could be waking yourself up in the middle of a sweet and juicy REM cycle. So you're going to feel uh, not complete. You're going to feel like maybe the tea, but no ice. Yeah, you're going to feel like a groggy, groggy person. So you need to take little naps. Try bite-sized naps, like the little mm -hmm. Snickers. It's, it's good. Mm -hmm. Just the right amount. Yeah. Oh, I just thought about Snickers. Where, how's your blood sugar? Because after I take a very hearty lunch, if I'm downing my burger with a Coke and I have a little dessert of full-size Snickers afterwards, my blood sugar is going to be very high, like close to maybe diabetic. So then I'm going to plummet. What goes up must come down. I think Ice-T said that. So you need to make sure that your blood sugar, if, if you want to make sure that you're getting good sleep, keep the blood sugar relatively stable so mm -hmm. then you won't crave that very long, almost bear-like hibernation type nap. And like I try not to do Diet Coke after five. Oh. So caffeine, caffeine, chocolate, whatever your caffeine intake is, try not to do it after five because I'll have anxiety attacks if I have Diet Coke now, you know? That's an excellent piece of advice too. I, I also limit myself to caffeine. I don't have an hour, but it's like afternoon. If it's after three, I think I mm -hmm. will not do caffeine because I get legit nightmares when I have caffeine and then I dream. And so that, again, that juicy REM cycle is just squeezed of all its precious nectar on the floor. It doesn't go into my cup. It goes into onto the metaphorical floor. So it, then I'm going to need another nap. If I'm drinking caffeine in the morning, more anxiety. So it's just this vicious cycle that is just really not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, it's try to get your sleep. And, it's, in the, and also know that in the pandemic, like, I don't know about you all, but like the first month I would wake up with like extreme anxiety that the world was going to end at 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> you know, um, so like, and, and then I got past that, but I'm sure it'll come again. If you live in California, the, the state will be on fire and there'll be a pandemic and who know, in a civil war, my, uh, my, 
might be pending. And so like, you know, like there's a lot of shitty stuff going on in the world and, um, and it weighs on you. And to also just kind of be kind to yourself, like, you know, it, yeah, it's kind of, it's what a lot of us are going through right now too. That's actually, that's really good advice too. I think the, the struggles, especially in California, the anxiety is almost like the rhythm of the waves, ebbs and flows, fire, no fire, another spike of Rona, no Rona. And then it just comes and goes. So I think a it, good it, it, the sky orange today. Oh, good. It's not, I can, uh, I, I can sleep. <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. There you the go. sky was orange. It was orange in, in, in Oakland. Like, like it was something out of the Bible. It was insane. So, oh, your guys's misfortune. Beautiful for us. We get to see gorgeous sunsets, and we're like, "Oh, is that the fire in California? People are hurting." Yeah, but isn't it picturesque? I'm definitely putting this on Instagram. So, yeah, the red sun isn't that beautiful. <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm in my house for two weeks. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we gave a lot of good advice. Maybe, um. I was thinking one more thing. Isn't there like sleep apps or or sleep meditation? There's like those sounds. Like my husband does sounds. Um, it's also to like block me out, you know, because I have the TV going and I'm watching like the um, cult film. I don't know if you watch the Nexium thing. Keith, Keith, who was the head of the cult, just got sentenced to 100 in 20 years. So I go to bed with that. And so he puts sounds on in his in his ears that block out the cult. So that's good. By the way, when you said your husband does sounds, it almost made me think of my wife, where she says that because she can't understand what the fuck I'm saying sometimes. Yeah, so, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think we gave some sound advice. So good luck. And we're going to reach the end of the podcast. So before we go, Nina, I just wanted to say what a pleasure it was to have you on the pod. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, and I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, man. Absolute pleasure. One more time, because my audience, well, I think audience is everywhere. I'm so sorry, audience. I didn't mean to circle you guys out or circle you guys in or target you guys. You guys are a smart audience. I love you guys. Obviously you're, li you're listening to the podcast, but everyone needs to hear things twice. So would you mind plugging all of your stuff one more time? It's going to be in the show notes too, but you know, third time's the charm. So, okay, here we go. Uh, Once upon an accommodation, a book about learning to, to, to disabilities. It's a children's book. It teaches your kid how to have a learning to disability and how to be an advocate and stutter interrupted the comedian who almost didn't happen you can hear lots more about the stuff we talked about there and my website is ninagcomedian.com and you can just find me there whatever and facebook and instagram and stuff too oh that's awesome and it'll all be again audience in the show notes so you can find it there in the show notes everyone in the, in the show notes. I think it's like seven times that you have to say something for people to remember. So I think we 
we mm-hmm. crushed it there. All We're right. almost there, yeah. All right. Well, Nina. Well, audience, it's that time to say goodbye. Thank you so much, and we'll talk at you next week. <laughs>